Welcome to See It or Shove It. I hope everyone's new year is off to a great start. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm here again this week to give you my thoughts on the latest movies playing in theaters and streaming on your TV. Also this week, I will bring you a new edition of Be Kind Rewind, and now streaming. It's another busy week, so here we go. For our featured movies this week, two-time Oscar-winning actor Tom Hanks plays a man called Otto. A robotic doll goes rogue in Megan. Adam Driver tries to tackle white noise. And two-time Oscar winner Emma Thompson takes us on a musical journey in Matilda the Musical. First up, a grumpy old man battles both his neighbors and his own mental health. This is a man called Otto. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Otto. Otto? O-T-T-O. I'm Abby. O-T-T-O. Got some new neighbors. Bye. Nedwood husband. I brought you some food. Okay. okay. Bye. Are you always this unfriendly? I am not unfriendly. Okay, you're not. Every word you say is like a warm cuddle. Can you please give me a ride? I don't have a license. You don't have a driver's license? How old are you? Two-time Oscar winner Tom Hanks stars as Otto, a retired widowed man who spends his days completing his routines that involve making sure everyone in the world is following the rules of society, whether it be the policies of the neighborhood in which he lives, or the hardware store that inexplicably charges for rope by the yard rather than the actual amount people get. We first meet Otto at the hardware store, where he gets into it with the cashier because they charge him 33 cents more for two yards of rope when he only got five feet. He then returns home, where he grumbles about the lack of care the neighborhood recycling center gets, the tire tracks on the lawn, and a young man who didn't temporarily park his bicycle in the bike rack. He even goes after the UPS driver for having the nerve to drive down the street to deliver a package. All of this to show that Otto is a grumple stiltskin. Soon after, he sees a new family about to move in across the street. The married couple, Marisol and Tommy, played by Mariana Trevino and Manuel Garcia Roflo, have two daughters and another child on the way. They are renting the unit directly across from Otto. Marisol makes endless attempts to warm up to Otto by bringing him meals, cookies, or asking him for small favors to help get them settled. Otto does his best to refute those efforts of goodwill because he just wants to kill himself to be with his deceased wife. But as each attempt is thwarted, Otto begins to chip away at the gruff exterior. Can his neighbors break through to Otto before it's too late? I give this film a... See it. When I saw the trailer for this, I thought it was just going to be kind of like a ripoff of As Good As It Gets, or about Schmidt, or some other countless movie about a grumpy old man. Um, but the film takes the audience into multiple flashbacks where young Otto, played by Hanks' own son, Truman Hanks, meets his future wife, Sonia, and we learn the journey of their relationship and the events that led to Otto becoming such an insufferable curmudgeon. Hanks is wonderful in this role and plays it perfectly. He has such a gruff exterior that it is even more special when those moments of kindness and empathy creep through. 
The jewel of the film, however, is Mariana Trevino as the perky and outspoken neighbor Marisol. Trevino is dynamic every time she shows up on the screen. Um, so it, it was along the lines of those movies I mentioned before, but I did really enjoy it, much more than I thought I would. The depiction of suicide, I do have to tell you, um, all the attempts that he does can be very unsettling, especially if this topic triggers you. So view that as a warning, um, and the film is predictable, but it is quite charming and enjoyable to watch. It is an American remake of the Oscar-nominated Swedish film A Man Called Ove, which is streaming on Amazon Prime. I'll have to give that one a watch to see how it compares. Otto is currently in limited release and expands nationwide this Friday. Next, when a young girl loses her parents in a freak accident, her aunt gives her a robotic doll to become friends with. It turns out the robotic doll is a psychotic bitch. This is Megan. Honestly, like, she's part of the family now. They could be building emotional connections that are too hard to untangle. She's the happiest she's been since her parents died. Eat the toppings, Katie. Research shows if you force a child to eat vegetables, they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say... Megan, turn off. I thought we were having a conversation. Does she talk? Make her say something. Stop! Don't! You should probably run. Megan, which is an acronym for Model 3 Generative Android, is played by Amy Donald with the help of digital effects. And she is brought in by her inventor, Gemma, played by Allison Williams, after Gemma takes in her niece, Katie, played by Violet McGraw. Katie's parents were recently killed in an automobile accident in which Katie was the sole survivor. Gemma is neither prepared for or overly enthusiastic about being a guardian, as she is incredibly devoted to her work as a toy designer. Knowing she isn't the motherly type, Gemma brings in Megan to assist with providing Katie with a companion while she continues her work. Megan is a cyborg who gets digitally paired with Katie and can now read Katie's emotions, offer companionship, and basically be her best friend and protector. Gemma has been developing this prototype for some time now and is anxious to use it as a trial run on Katie before unveiling it to her company and market it around the world. Megan is both babysitter and friend to Katie and eventually becomes overly protective of her. However, she turns from friend to vengeful menace with the blink of an eye. When the grumpy neighbor's dog bites Katie, things do not end well for him or the neighbor. Soon, Megan is on a path of terror and no one is safe. When I saw the trailer for this, I predicted it would be a shove-it, and I give this film a... See it. This was a fun, funny film to see with a crowded audience. The film doesn't take itself seriously in the slightest, and that's honestly what saves it from being a typical January piece of shit. It knows how campy it is and plays that up every chance it gets. The title character is so enjoyable to watch and there are scenes that are so incredibly ridiculous that you can't help but laugh. Williams does a fine job as Gemma, as does McGraw as Katie. The script is predictable, but man is it a hoot. This was such a pleasant surprise. I really thought it was going to be the lamest thing I've seen in a while. However, 
What saves it is its self-awareness at how ridiculous it is. Uh, listen, it's not going to show up on any best of 2023 list, but it was indeed a very pleasant surprise at how enjoyable it was. If you choose to see it, just let go of any seriousness you have and suspend your disbelief for an hour and a half. I think you'll have a good time going on a ride with this evil bitch. Next, a family grapples with the end of the world. This is White Noise. They're calling it the airborne toxic event. It won't come this way. Will we have to leave our home? Of course not. How do you know? I just know. Okay, what if it's dangerous? Based on Don DeLillo's novel of the same name, the film opens up with college professor Murray Siskind, played by Oscar-nominee Don Cheadle, lecturing about the joys of cinematic car crashes and how they are relatable to audiences. It is a metaphor for groupthink and how herd mentality in society provides comfort to people who are at ease when others do and think the same way as they do. Relating very well to this is Professor Jack Gladney, played by Oscar nominee Adam Driver, who teaches classes on Hitler studies. The first act of the film focuses on Jack, with his family at home, which includes wife Babette, played by Oscar nominee Greta Gerwig, and their blended family of four children. One day, their daughter Denise notices her mother's new prescription bottle for something called Dilar. Soon, a local train crash sends chemicals permeating through the air and everyone in the family except Jack panics about the situation. They are forced to evacuate their town and the family begins a trip trying to avoid the unknown chemical. When I saw the trailer for this, I predicted it would be a shove it and I give this film a shove it. This film is a jumbled hodgepodge of ideas that ended up confusing the hell out of me, while also boring me to tears to the point where I didn't care to figure out my confusion. Director Noah Baumbach tries what he can with the source material, but ultimately ends up struggling to balance satire with clarity. The performances are all fine, if not a bit precious and pretentious, and the novel on which the film is based has for years been called unfilmable, I wish they had heeded that advice because this is a confusing mound of mumbo-jumbo. Don't waste your time with this one. It's too weird and confusing to waste two and a half hours of your time with. Finally this week, Emma Thompson stars as the iconic literary character Miss Trunchbull in Netflix's Matilda the Musical. Based on the Roald Dahl classic, as well as the Broadway musical of the same name, the film stars Alicia Weir as the title character, a young girl with two neglectful parents played by Andrea Riseborough and Stephen Graham, 
who resent their daughter and treat her poorly. Matilda spends her life reading novel after novel and making up stories on her own. They decide to send Matilda to Cruncham Hall, a boarding school presided over by the very nasty Miss Trunchbull, played effortlessly by Emma Thompson, in a role usually played by a male on stage, and initially Ray Fiennes was thought to have been cast in the role before Thompson took it. Trunchbull is a scary, overbearing presence who hates children and threatens to send them to the Chokey, a wooden locker in the forest, or threatens to swing them by their pigtails when she is annoyed by them. Matilda is her new prime target after her arrival. The only person who can save her from Trunchbull's bitchy torment is her kind teacher, Miss Honey, played by No Time to Die star Lashana Lynch. Miss Honey cares deeply for her students, a trait that does not go over well with Miss Trunchbull. In a battle of good versus evil, can Matilda overpower Miss Trunchbull for the sake of her classmates? I give this film a... See it. Thompson is predictably delicious in this role, and the performance of Weir and Lynch are also great. I enjoyed the music and the song performances, which will shock many as I am known to have a strong disdain of children singing. I think that and children playing instruments are sounds only a parent can love. I am not a parent. It all generally sounds like cats howling to me. So for me to say I enjoyed the performances is high praise. The storyline packs some emotional punches, and the technical aspects are all pretty well done, too. It is an enjoyable way to spend an afternoon watching with your children, and is currently streaming on Netflix. That's it for this week's featured films. To recap, A Man Called Otto is in theaters now and is a see-it, and it's my pick of the week. Megan is in theaters now and is a surprising see-it. White Noise is streaming on Netflix now and is a shove-it. And Matilda the Musical is streaming on Netflix now and is a see-it. Now, on to my brief take of some additional movies I've watched in my segment, Quick Picks. Oscar winner Tilda Swinton plays a dual role in The Eternal Daughter, a film about a woman and her mother uncovering their past. It's rather dry and dull and is available to rent now, and is a shove-it, although Swinton is great, as usual. Corsage, starring Vicky Kripes, tells the story of Empress Elizabeth of Austria, is in theaters now, and is a see-it. The Pale Blue Eye, starring Oscar winner Christian Bale as a detective who teams with Edgar Allan Poe to solve a crime, is a very slow-moving mystery that is streaming on Netflix and is a shove-it. And the spooky and uneven Nanny is streaming on Amazon Prime and is a shove-it. Moving on to my segment where I share where you can find some of the films I enjoyed within the last year that are now available for home viewing. This is now streaming. The underappreciated and better than how it was received at the theaters, Disney's Strange World, is not one that will become a classic, but it's enjoyable enough to watch with your kids. And it's now streaming on Disney+, and you can hear my full review on episode 44. 
also underappreciated at the box office, She Said tells the story of two New York Times journalists working overtime to uncover the truth behind the sexual assault accusations against Harvey Weinstein. It features solid performances by Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan, and is now streaming on Peacock. You can hear my full review on episode 43. Also on episode 43 is my full review of The Great The Menu, starring Rafe Fiennes as a sinister chef at an upscale restaurant who aims to teach a lesson to the entitled of society. It is now streaming on HBO Max. Now it's time for my segment where I look at films that for whatever reason I hated while everyone else loved, or vice versa, or just films that I want to go back to and see how they've held up over time. This is Be Kind, Rewind. For Christmas, a friend gave me a journal called Everyone's a Critic 52-Week Movie Challenge, where each week a different film topic is selected to analyze. I will be using this to guide the Be Kind Rewind segments. I also bought the book for a friend's son who enjoys watching movies, and we are giving each other three choices from which to choose each week. Week one, the category was to watch a Best Picture winner, and my choices were West Side Story, The Unforgiven, or Midnight Cowboy. In case you are wondering, the selection I gave him to choose from are three of the most divisive winners, The Greatest Show on Earth, Crash, and Green Book. I think he was leaning toward Crash. I chose to rewatch 1969's Midnight Cowboy, directed by John Schlesinger and starring John Voight as hustler Joe Buck and Dustin Hoffman as con artist Enrico Razzo Rizzo. I'm Joe Buck from Texas. Enrico Rizzo from the Bronx. And I'm going to buy you a drink. What the hell do you think of that? Oh, I don't mind if I do. Why do you think I come all the way up here from Texas for? Well, I'm a hustler. You didn't know that? You were going to ask yeah. me for money? Huh? Well, you get out of here! <laughs> you gotta get yourself some kind of management. Only the echo. Hey, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Don't worry about that. Actually, that ain't a bad way to pick up insurance, you know. The film, based on the 1965 novel of the same name, tells the story of Joe Buck, a naive dishwasher from Texas, who quits his job and travels by bus to New York City to live the life of a gigolo. His endeavor gets off to a rough start when he sleeps with Cass, played by Sylvia Miles in her Oscar-nominated role. Offended by the thought of having to pay for sex, Cass ends up swindling money from Joe, leading the audience to believe that she herself has the same money-making idea as he does. Joe meets con artist Ratso Rizzo, who ends up taking money from him. With things not going according to plan at all, Joe ends up homeless and penniless. Ratso invites him to move into his apartment in a rundown, condemned building. Soon, the two bond and form a partnership as Joe becomes more comfortable in his role as a hustler, not discriminating as to whom he sleeps with. Male, female, if you got the dollars, he'll make you holler. Ratso begins to have declining health and dreams of moving to Florida. With this goal in mind, Joe agrees to join him, and they can leave once they get the money they need to relocate. The film is quite deep in the psychology of Joe and how moments from his past affect his current state of mind. Voight and Hoffman are pitch perfect in their roles, and the film had a significant cultural impact upon release in 1969, including the classic line, Hey, I'm walking here! 
Due to its graphic for its time nature involving prostitution and homosexuality, the film received an X rating and became the first and only X rated Best Picture winner. Although, I will say, as someone who has watched plenty of X rated films in my time, it's difficult to see through modern eyes why it received this rating. My, how times have changed. In 1969, a few bare buttocks and sex scenes constituted an X rating, while in 2022, a film with people gnawing on raw flesh and human organs is safely an R rated film. But I digress. The film was nominated for six Academy Awards, winning three for Picture, Director, and Screenplay. Hoffman and Voigt were both up for Best Actor, and I assume split the votes. And Sylvia Miles was nominated for her brief but memorable turn. It is currently available for free on Tubi, and I enjoyed watching it. Well, it's time for me to wrap up this episode of See It or Shove It. I continue to be grateful for the time you spend with me each week. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month, and while you're at it, share my podcast with your movie and TV-loving friends and family. And don't forget, you can now drop me a line at seeitorshoveit at gmail.com and let me know of any ideas or suggestions or just to say hey. Also, this week I did my first two Instant on Insta IG Live videos over on Instagram, where I gave you my instant reaction to films immediately upon leaving the theater. Check them out if you haven't already, and of course, don't forget to listen to the full episode when it is released each week. Speaking of Instagram, follow me there at Shoveit and rate me wherever you get your podcast. Come back next time to hear my thoughts on the remake of House Party, Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter in Plane, and whatever the Regal Theater's Mystery Movie Monday selection is this time. My guess is the upcoming thriller Missing. We'll see if I'm correct. Have a terrific week, everyone, and I look forward to bringing you more next week. This episode of See It or Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida, and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.